You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. It's about compassion. Either we see ourselves in others or we don't. And if we don't learn to do so, if we don't learn to do this, we run the risk of, of destroying life as we know it for everyone, including ourselves. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 239 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of our faith and social justice and what a a first-century Jewish uh, prophet of the poor from Galilee might have to offer us in our work today of survival and resistance and and, uh, liberation, reparation, and and transformation. Our title this week is One Taken, One Left. Uh, We have about two sayings. After this, we're coming to the end of our, our series on Sayings Gospel Q, and our feature text this week is Q 17, 34 through 35. I tell you, there will be two in the field. One is taken and one is left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One is taken and one is left. Our companion texts are Matthew 24, 40 through 41. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken, the other left. Luke 17, 34 through 35. I tell you on that night. Two people will be in one bed, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together, one will be taken and the other left. And lastly, Gospel of Thomas 61 verse 1, Jesus said, Two will rest on a bed, the one will die, the other will live. I remember uh, growing up uh, from early childhood, um, this passage, in, in, in pulpit after pulpit, preachers used to explain to people that a secret rapture was coming, where, where people would simply, they'd disappear off the earth, and two pilots would be flying a plane, and one would be taken, and the other left, and two people would be walking down the sidewalk, and, and one would be taken, the other left, and it, it wasn't until years later that I saw how grossly out of context this passage was being taken in those sermons. So first, let's start off with uh, the the surface of this saying. And in both uh, examples, uh, two people are doing the same activities. There's an indiscriminate nature or an indiscriminate fate. Um, There's an indiscriminate nature to being taken and being left here. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no obvious difference between them and taken in in the context of last week saying about the days of Noah, uh, about the the violent and the wealthy, um, riches won't be enough to save the wealthy from this indiscriminate fate. And as we saw last week, both Matthew and Luke, the context is they lift this saying of Jesus and they place it in the context of the fulfillment of of the rehumanizing liberation that's found in Daniel 7, the revealing of the Son of Humanity. And if, 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 if you don't understand what I'm talking about or that's not familiar to you, I want to encourage you, I'll put a link this week uh, where you can go back and listen to last week's or read last week's Eastside, listen to last week's podcast. Matthew and Luke, they in this context, they use the Jewish stories of Noah and Lot, yet, yet in these stories, the taken, in both these stories, the taken aren't raptured to a, a celestial heaven while others are, are left down here on earth. Those taken in both the Noah and Lot stories are those who, who like in Thomas's gospel, that they die. They're the ones whose lives are taken. And, and those who are left in this passage, those are the ones that remain alive or, or who are left alive. So in fact, it's a good thing to be left behind. And this saying warns those who are benefiting from violence toward the vulnerable and and the economic exploitation of the poor. It's warning them about a coming 
indiscriminate destruction, a reversal of, of economic injustice that turns things upside down from their present structure. It's that rehumanizing. And, and the hungry, as we find in Luke 6, 20 through 26, the hungry are fed, the well-fed go hungry, the poor are, are given the kingdom, the rich are sent away empty, those who whom present injustice causes them to weep, they laugh, and those who now laugh, they weep. So not only is there an indiscriminate nature to the destruction that, that would lay on the, on the horizon, but it also, the, the, the negative side of this, it sounds very uh, dystopian. And today, scientists are warning that if we don't correct our, our present course, indiscriminate destruction will be our ecological future. We're destroying sustainable life here on the one planet that is home for everyone. And even though in our saying this week, some survive the destruction, the disaster in their immediate future, the future of, of the original audience, it, 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 it indiscriminately affected everyone. The destruction of Jerusalem in 70 CE, it affected both rich and poor. The poor were especially vulnerable, but but the destruction was indiscriminate nonetheless, and it affected everybody. And this has striking parallels to, to our future. Uh, we all share the same air. Uh, water, uh, we all share the same globe, we're all connected, we're in this together, and we'll either survive together, or we'll risk destruction for everyone. And just this past week, after a season of devastating fires across uh, the north and, and, and west in the U.S., on the west side, the east coast was pummeled with, with record lows and snowfalls, this whiplash back and forth. We're seeing evidence all around us today of our climate uh, breaking down. And I'll, I'll give you a link to some of that evidence in the east side as well. But this, this leads me to my third point this week. The future doesn't have to be like this. Instead of a dystopian future where, where greed has ruined everything, this drive for profit over people has ruined everything, we can choose a future that's rooted in compassion and justice. And, and what would that look like? What would a compassionate future look like? Compassion was at the heart of Jesus's new vision for human society. And, and so his politics have, have rightly been named by some as a politics of compassion. In, in the book, All We Leave Behind by Carol Off, um, she writes of, of the debate about refugees in Canada, but she states uh, well, her words, they could be said of any other social justice issue, not just the, the refugee debate, but any social justice issue. She writes, the seething center of the refugee debate is not really about policy. It's about perception. Either you identify with others or you don't. Either you see yourself in the eyes of others or you don't. So, so really, it's about compassion. Either we see ourselves in others or we don't. And if we don't learn to do so, if we don't learn to do this, we run the risk of, of destroying life as we know it for everyone, including ourselves. We're, remember, we're connected. How we treat others it will affect us just as well, like it or not. We're, we're part of one another. And this is the point of, of Jesus' most famous saying, where he quotes the Torah in Mark 12, 31. The second or the greatest commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So, so those, those two words are important, to, to love your neighbor as 
yourself. Either we're going to learn to see others as ourselves and live, or we're going to continue down this, this path of, of, of destructive, extreme individualism that, that threatens us all. Individualism, I think, is an inadequate lens for life on this planet. Everything we do sets in motion a chain of cause and effect for everyone around us, including ourselves. None of us is an island. We impact each other whether we we desire to or, or, or not. And it's it's simply the way things are. We're, we are individuals, yet we're also woven together in a much larger fabric too. And this is precisely why our future can be different than our present. We, we can choose a future of compassion and justice for one another. We can choose to be our sibling's keeper. The, the future, it's not set in stone. It's open. It's, it's filled with multiple possibilities based on on the choices that we choose to make today. And last week also in the Daily Mail, I'll I'll put a link to this article too, there was an article that was exploring a, a new spatial theory of time. And according to the theory, if we're to look down upon, if we were to look down upon the universe, we would see, according to this theory, time spread out in all directions, just as we see space at the moment. In other words, time isn't really linearly one thing after another, but it's rather the past, the present, the future existing as it exists right now, simultaneously all around us. And if this is true, I mean, that's a wild thought. If this is true, Perhaps time, it's not a single line, but it's a web of possible pasts, um, including the past that occurred, but possible pasts that could have have occurred. It's a web of possible presents, um, including the present that we've chosen. And it's a web of possibilities called the future, including the future that we'll choose. But each of these webs, they connect through various causes and effects. And this would mean that right now, we're standing alongside all those who will come after us as well. Um, we're, we're standing beside all those who have come before us too. And, 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 and the plea would be then, let's honor the work of our most engaged ancestors who gave themselves to make our world a safe, more just, more compassionate home for us all. And let's also honor all those who, who come after us by, by giving them more to work with than they would have had if we, if we did nothing. Right now, the, the future, according to scientists, it looks like a dystopia. But it doesn't have to be that. Our saying this week, it, it, it warns of a disastrous future only in the hopes that we'll begin to make better choices. It, it's not a, The future's not fixed. It doesn't have to turn out this way. Um, the, the only reason we're warned of, of, of uh, 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 horrible futures is, is so that we'll set in motion today a set of choices that create different futures. So Sayings Gospel Q 17, 34 through 35, I tell you, there will be two in the field, one that is taken, one is left. Two women will be grinding at the meal, one, at the mill. One is taken, one is left. Let's make sure that future doesn't take place. Heart application, heart group application. Uh, this week, I have something actually uh, fun for your group to try. It's an exercise in in cooperative action. And, and I want you to take a marker and I'll put a picture so you can visualize this if you need to see it. I'll put a picture in this week's e-site too, but I want you to take a marker and I want you to tie eight strings to it or, or less if you have less than eight people in your group, but it eight's about the, the area where it becomes really challenging. Then I want you as a group to choose a word 
and uh, write it out working together. All you're going to be doing is holding these strings while the, the marker is tied in the middle. And I want you, as you're experimenting with this, does it make any difference uh, how, how close you hold the string to the marker? In other words, if you hold the string close to the marker, does it make it easier or harder if you hold the string further away from the marker? And try, try both and see how it works. And then what lessons did you learn about what it takes to actually work together to accomplish something. And how is working together different than, than working alone? And, and are there certain things that we can only accomplish, though, if we're working together? And then I want you to list those things that can only be done uh, as together projects. List them. And then, then discuss what you uh, learned about working together um, that may apply to this list, all the things that you can only that you can't accomplish all by yourself. Um, what does this exercise teach you about what it's going to take to to accomplish these things together? So as, as as I often say throughout these podcasts, Jesus' solution to many of the problems in society in our society was a vision for a, a new way of structuring human community. And community, it's not always easy. But when I consider the the disastrous results of, of extreme rugged individualism in our society here in the West, I believe that community, even though it's not easy, it's worth the struggle. Wherever you are this week, keep living in love, keep living uh, towards survival, resistance, liberation, reparation, and transformation till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. Together, we are working for a world that is more safe, that is just, that's a compassionate home for us all. Uh, another world is possible. Thanks for checking in with us this week. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.